Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9, and from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. My sermon is titled, Alone Together. You'll find the link to our complete announcements in your email, here are a few highlights. We will be having a Christmas card exchange in the playful spirit of ugly Christmas sweaters. If you'd like to participate, we encourage you to reach out to the church office. This Wednesday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. on Zoom, we will have a simple service of Taze with prayer chants and candlelight. We invite you to join us for that. This Saturday, the 5th, we will have a virtual Advent retreat on Zoom from 10 to 11.30 a.m. For details, take a look at the announcements. As today marks the beginning of Advent, you are invited to have a wreath or a progression of candles prepared. As the opening canticle begins, you're invited to light the first candle as we keep awake for the long-awaited promised one. And now, in preparation to worship, you're invited to quiet yourself, becoming still, as you prepare to worship God. The word of God came to the prophet Isaiah. In those days, 
the dwelling of God shall be on a mountain, and all nations shall stream to it. God shall judge between the nations, and the people shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn of war anymore. Today we light the prophecy candle, reminding us of the long years of waiting for the Messiah. We are told to keep awake and be ready, for the Messiah is coming. Come, Emmanuel, come to us. Transform our hearts, allowing your light to illumine us within, where we might experience your presence anew today. Let us worship God. Amen. Let us pray. God of light and darkness, God of shadow and sun, you move in our beings, awakening us to life. For Christ's presence centuries ago, as well as right now, we offer our praise. When we fail to grasp the wisdom you offer, forgive us. Allow us to catch a glimpse of Emmanuel, your unexpected presence among us. 
And now in silence, we continue in prayer to you. In Christ, through Christ, and with Christ. We see God's vision of fullness. In Christ, through Christ, and with Christ. We look for signs of wholeness and peace. In Christ, through Christ, and with Christ. We receive forgiveness. And new life is ours. Amen. Prophet Isaiah, chapter 64, beginning with the first verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, we give you thanks for these ancient words. Open our hearts and minds that we might hear your word for us this day. Amen. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, in our inequities like the wind take us away. 
There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our inequity. Yet, O God, you are our creator. You are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Holy One, and do not remember inequity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the Church. Thanks be to God. Just 
A reading from the Gospel of Mark, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Humanity coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn this lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that the summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the Messiah is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But on that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Christ, but only God. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with their work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else the master may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Here ends the reading. A time to be together in our aloneness. That's how the facilitator of a retreat framed our time together. There are retreats meant for rest, and there are retreats intended for interior work. This retreat, she said, was created to be the latter. I didn't actually know what I had signed up for when I was asked to join the retreat. I assumed it would be the restful kind, but I was here now, together in our aloneness. Even then, the wild animal of my soul, as Parker J. Palmer says, was listening, discerning whether it was safe to emerge, listening for the sound of the genuine in those who showed up, listening for the sound of the genuine in me. As if sitting at the base of a tree, we were offered company in the wilderness, together in our aloneness, space to be in our own depths, unintruded upon. As we attend the yearnings of our hearts, Advent becomes a similar space, a pilgrimage that is made alone, together, a circle of flickering flames that find company in the night. Our theme this year is Advent, the turning point. The lectionary texts are filled with anticipation of change, preparation, longing, hope for something new, a better future. Like listening for the genuine, turning points can suddenly happen upon us, 
a surprise. Sometimes they're part of a slow process of reflection or a buildup of experiences. A turning point can happen by degrees, not even noticed until well after the turn was made. It can be welcomed, resisted, grieved, eased into. Moments that call on courage come to mind. Risking being vulnerable, entering a new community, making a choice to take up roots, move cross-country, and follow a dream. Getting married, not getting married. Receiving a diagnosis. Facing a new sense of self. Awakening to beauty and not second-guessing it. Turning points carry stories within stories. When I read the words of Isaiah, I hear the heartbreak of a community. I wonder what happened to make them lose their faith in God. What violation of their trust left them feeling like withered leaves? What made their reflection in the mirror change from a people of virtue to a filthy rag? And when did they become a people willing to acknowledge their faults and retain their dignity, a people carried away by inequities and still worthy of having the heavens torn open on their behalf? I imagine it already growing before the fall of their nation. And when the temple was destroyed, and as time gave rise to new generations born in exile. I imagine the flicker of light that illumines the soul there through it all, persisting, searching, hoping that in the end God would be there, breaking through, that they wouldn't be let down after all. Though the circumstances were different, the people of Mark's gospel were also looking for the inbreaking of God. In place of Babylon, they were enduring the Roman Jewish War and the destruction of the Second Temple. And in our reading, Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before we learn of his death. In the midst of great suffering, the focus becomes a future yet worth hoping for, a belief that the Son of Man will come again, and that from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven, he will gather the people once more. Powers greater even than Rome will be shaken. Lest they miss this life-altering event and vision of a finally permanent golden age, the disciples are admonished to keep awake and pay attention to signs of new life present among them. 
it is tempting to cast a line out into another time. And maybe there's something helpful about being able to imagine brighter days. And when we find ourselves on the hamster wheel, focused on the work of getting where we're going, focused on a golden age, it never seems to arrive. It's as if we've gone marching into the forest, determined to take hold of the elusive wild animal, only to chase it off further into hiding. Meanwhile, we become increasingly bleary-eyed, no longer even clear what it is we yearn for, other than that the suffering would stop, other than that the emptiness, that feeling of being a withered leaf, would go away. Advent invites us to pay attention. Paying attention isn't always a determined stare. Sometimes it's the trust of a gentle gaze, begun after sitting a while. Like a sunlit room's invitation to melt in the gift of its warmth, like the comfort of a reading chair near the hearth, we are offered a space where the dream of what could be, or of what once was, becomes less consuming as it holds our being. There are turning points that call us to sit at the base of a tree and learn its lessons. There are turning points that beckon us to the interior work of paying attention, to show up and greet the unexpected. There are turning points that remind us to listen for the sound of the genuine stirring and enjoy the surprise of hearing ourselves in one another. It is there we catch a glimpse of our light, together in our aloneness, still flickering. We believe in God, who was and is and always shall be. We believe in Christ, who invites us to see the signs of peace in our lives and in our world. We believe in Spirit, who empowers us to be about change, revolution, and transformation. This we believe. Amen. Thank you.
We are invited now to draw near to God and offer our prayers. Let us pray. O oh God, we need Advent. We need this season with its bold hopes and prayers, its prophetic dreams and insistent cries. We need the freedom to call out to you from the darkness and then to light one candle at a time as a reminder that even the darkness is light to you. You are the one who comes to us in Jesus the Christ, the turning point of history, who comes to us as light, holy, healing light, touching every broken place with love. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. Come, holy light, into this place that was and still is your home. Come into the chaos of a pandemic that is raging out of control. Come to our hospital rooms, our deathbeds. Come to the scientists working towards a cure. Come to the exhausted ones who are tending the sick. Come among all those who today are grieving so much loss as a result of this virus. The loss of loved ones, of livelihoods, the loss of those familiar patterns which keep us grounded and human and connected. We can't even name all that we've lost. We just know, our Father, that we ache Come there too, to where we ache, for ourselves, for each other, and for the world. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. Come, holy light, to our very fearful and anxious nation. Come to us as we watch the daily news and lose heart. Come among us as we make the transition to a new president and administration. Come to the over 600 children at our borders who are separated from their parents. Come to those seemingly intractable places 
where we have forgotten that we belong to each other, where we're divided and have become resigned to our divisions. Come and bring racial healing and justice. We pray for whatever it will require of us to live into this hope. God, in your grace, you hear our prayers. Come, Holy Light, to the Seventh Avenue community. Come to us in our unsettledness. Come to us in our longings. To all the concerns we carry with us today, large and small, please come. Make your home with us. Keep us awake to those signs that you are up to something new, something lovely and good that you are even now bringing to birth. We welcome you. And now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. We ask these things in the name of the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
This first week of Advent, take in the lessons of the tree. Allow the dream of what could be or of what once was to ease and listen to the stirrings of your heart. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. <laughs>